0: Welcome to Coastal Community Church Online. We are so glad that you're joining us this Easter weekend. We believe that God has got something incredible for your life. By the way, my name is Pastor TJ. I am one of the pastors here at Coastal Community Church. And listen, I don't believe that you're watching church this weekend on accident. I don't think that this is a coincidence. In fact, in the Hebrew language, there is not even a word for coincidence in it. And so I believe that you're here on purpose, that you're here for this moment, and that God God is going to speak to you in some really new and some fresh ways. And maybe you're new to Coastal Community Church and you just watched some music happen and people excited and exuberant. And the reason that is, is because we believe that we have the very best news there ever was. And we think that because we have the best news, man, we should be excited about that news. We should be singing about that news. And more than anything, we want you to experience that good news this Easter at Coastal, And I was actually thinking about the fact that this Easter is a little bit different. In fact, uh, this Easter is way different than what we're normally used to, I think, across all of America. I am right now preaching in an empty church, which is way different than normal on Easter Sunday. But here's what I know, that the tomb that Jesus was in is empty as well. And so while the church may be empty, God is still alive and God is still active and God wants to do something in your life today. And while this Easter may be different, it actually got me reflecting on past Easters. And most of the time, we don't really think much about past Easters. Those aren't things that we reflect on. But for us as a church, we've put on a lot of events for kids and different things. And one year we decided we were going to do a massive Easter egg hunt. In fact, we called it extravaganza. We put out 60,000 Easter eggs. In fact, Conde Nast Magazine got on board with it and was calling us one of the top 10 Easter egg hunt destinations in the country. And so when we opened up the doors for people to come in and experience the Easter egg hunt. We had 10,000 people show up to this Easter egg hunt. And you would think an environment and an event for kids would be the most wonderful thing on the planet. And it was for the kids, but it was chaos for the adults. And we found out really, really quickly that the kids could really care less about eggs, but adults would kill one another for their kid to get some eggs. It was crazy. It was chaos. It was pandalarium. It created some really, really interesting memories for us while at the same time trying to create some experiences for kids. And here's what I know is this year, our experience for Easter is very, very different than normal. Normally on Easter Sunday or Easter weekend, People get up and put on their Sunday best and I'm gonna guess right now, you're still probably in your PJs. Most people get up and go to church and drop the kids off in the kids area, but right now your kids are sitting next to you or maybe they're still asleep in bed. Most Easter Sundays, uh, you know, it it is way, we have all these traditions of getting together with family and celebrating together and eating these huge meals. And this Easter, we're full of social distancing and a whole lot of snacking. Can I get an amen right there? More snacking is going on than has ever happened in the history of mankind right now. And so we all recognize that this Easter is different. But here's what I want you to know. That doesn't mean that this Easter has been canceled. Because the grave is still empty and Jesus Christ is still enthroned in heaven. And I believe that this Easter, while it may be different than it has been in the past, can be totally different for you. It can be an experience that will change and transform your life because listen, most of the time we get so caught up in tradition that we forget that Easter was about a transformation. It was about an opportunity for us to move from a religious activity to God creating a way for you and I to have an incredible relationship with the creator of the universe. And so this Easter, what I want us to do is I want us to take a look at a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter two. And it is a reflection of what Christ did for us through the cross as the Apostle Paul explains it to some other people. And I believe that there are some things that we need to remember about Easter that we're going to see out of this. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this. He says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everybody else. He's basically saying, man, when we are living for ourselves, and it was all about me, myself, and I, that there was this separation between you and I and and God in heaven. And then it says this, and it says, But God, and I love buts in the Bible because buts in the Bible change everything. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much. Which is good news for all of us because God is so rich in his mercy and because he has so much love for us. What Easter is a reminder for all of us, if you're taking notes today, is you can experience forgiveness from your past. That forgiveness is available for every single one of us. And here's what I know is that every single one of us in life have a past. We've all created a past. Some of us, we're very, very proud of our past. And a lot of us, we have a lot of areas of our life that we're very, very proud of. But I also know that for virtually every single one of us, there is an aspect of our past that we are absolutely ashamed of. There are some things that are in our lives that are the would-haves, the could-haves, the should-haves. I wish I would have made that decision to go to that school instead of choosing this school, which took me down this path, which brought me to this relationship. I wish I could have. I wish I should have. And we all have them. And what ends up happening in life is that those would haves, could haves, should haves, that we made some choices that inflicted some pain. Inflicted some harm, ultimately left us with a weight of regret, a weight of shame, that we walk around with every single day. And here's what I know is that when we have that kind of weight, it gets really, really heavy to carry. And that weight is so unrelenting in life. It is the kind of weight that constantly drags you down and pulls you down. And here's what I've learned about your past. Is your past will continually pop up in your present if it isn't eradicated from your life. And so many of us are allowing our past to continue to dictate things to us, continue to speak to us every single day, continue to uh, push us in directions in life. And ultimately, it becomes this huge debt in our life that seems like a noose around our neck that we can never eliminate ourselves from. Notice that in this scripture, though, Paul is talking in the scripture in the past tense. He's saying, once you were, in, in other words, he's saying that because of the cross of Christ, when you get into a relationship with God, you don't have to continue to live with the past as a noose around your neck. You don't have to continue to live the way that you used to live that hindered you and broke you and left you with would-haves, could-haves, and should-haves. He, he says, once You were dead, meaning that what has happened in our past does not have to continue to impact our present. And so, if he says, We used to live that way, so what happened? What changed and what changes is that there was a God that was so rich in mercy that he loved us so much that he went into the middle of our mess in a place where nobody else wanted to go and sent the one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to live a sinless life and pay a sinner's death on the cross, which is what makes Easter so significant. In fact, at the end of his life on the cross, one of Jesus' last words in John chapter 19, verse 30, was this, when Jesus had tasted it, meaning this sponge that they had lifted up to him, it was full of sour wine, he tasted it, and this is his statement that he said. He says, it is finished. says, then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, that phrase there, it is finished, is this Greek word tetalestai. And the word tetalestai was a word that they would use for when a person had acquired a physical debt in their life and as it racked up and, and the the person that had loaned money or loaned goods that now was indebted to the person who had taken it, he would start to try to pay that debt off. He would start to try to make payments on that debt. And when he would finish paying off that debt, what they would do is they would take a stamp and they would mark that debt with the word T. meaning, meaning that your debt is finished. It is no longer active out there in your life. And so when Jesus said, it is finished, what he said is, is is your debt from the past, your sin from the past, your mistakes from the past, your, your screw-ups in your past is completely eradicated in this moment. And what's interesting is that this word is not just a past tense word. It's actually in the perfect tense in Greek. And this is significant because it speaks to the fact that what has been completed in the past is not just for the past, but is for the present and it's for the future. Meaning that what Christ did on the cross wasn't just for those who had already lived and he took care of that. It was for you and it was for me every single day of our lives. And you think about that statement. He cried out, it is finished. Meaning it was finished in the past. It was finished in our present. And it was finished for our future. And it will remain finished for all the days to come. What's also interesting is in that, and this is important for you to note. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. Because if it was me on the cross, and I'm getting ready to die, I'd be like, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm finished. Meaning that he was defeated and exhausted. He actually used it. What was that it? That was your debt, and that was my debt. It was Jesus' final cry of victory for your life and for mine. And when he said, it is finished, Coastal, he was speaking directly to you. And I believe that he is still speaking to you, saying that, man, what's happened to your past? It is finished. You can receive and walk in this incredible forgiveness of your past here today. And here's what I know is we're in a season where coronavirus is going on. The latest statistics show that over 10 million people have lost their jobs in the last couple of months, actually the last couple of weeks. And they're projecting even more and we're social distanced We're quarantined in our homes with our families. And so many people, because of the circumstances that are happening, while they might not have lost their job, they're furloughed in their job. And they've got all kinds of things that are happening all around their lives. They still got to put food on the table. They still got to make mortgage payments. They got to take care of that car payment. They still have insurance payments. And right now, so many people feel like, man, I'm up to my eyeballs with pressure and with debt in life. And it's just crushing me in this season. And, And here's what I know is as a church, we've looked at this and and I saw this scripture and I realized that man, if Jesus has finished the work on the cross, we as Christians should be helping people finish the work here on this earth. And so, church, I, I happened to run into this company called Rip Medical. And what they are is a company that goes throughout the country and in specific areas, they purchase up medical debt for pennies on the dollar. And particularly they're looking for people that are uh, former military people and families that they could help eradicate the debt for them from medical expenses, which right now so many people are experiencing. And so I called them up and I said, hey, what are you doing? What's available in Broward County that is there? And they told me, man, there are 2,061 families that have debt that are available right now that we could possibly purchase and help them eradicate that debt. And because of your generosity, because of the experience that you've had with Jesus of Him eradicating the sin and shame in your life, and because of your generosity, we as a church this week were able to give them uh, about thirty-three thousand dollars. I just want you to hear this because this is amazing. We gave them thirty-three thousand dollars for two thousand and sixty-one families, and out. Out of that $33,000, they were able to pay off $3,585,000 and $211.90. $3.5 million of weight, of debt that was on the shoulders of families is paid in full. No collector is coming after them again. No phone calls. In fact, this week, they started receiving letters telling them that their debt has been paid in full by Coastal Community Church. And that they don't have to worry about that weight and carrying that weight any longer in their lives. And just think about that. Just think about what debt does, how it impacts your life, not just from the moment that you're in, how it impacts your credit, how it impacts your reputation, how it impacts your life as a whole. And the debt that we carry, not the physical debt that we're talking about here, but the spiritual debt, our sin, our shame. It impacts our credit. It impacts our credibility. It impacts every conversation that we have. And the cross of Jesus Christ, Easter says, it is finished. Titalistai. It is gone, not just for your past but it is gone for your present, and it's paid for in your future. And I'm so thankful that there is a God that loves me so much that he would not only pay for my past, but he would pay for my present and into my future. Continuing on in verse 5, it says this, that even though we were dead because of our sins, it says this, he gave us life. And I love that, that, that Christ gave us life when he was raised from Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for th- Us who are united with Christ. And see, what God has done is he's allowed us to experience this forgiveness from our past. So number two, we can discover an incredible life that he gives in our present. See, Jesus rose up so that you and I could get up so that we didn't have to be knocked down by life any longer. See, he rose up out of the grave so he could give us a life and the ability to rise out of our situations, to rise out of our past, to rise out of the present so that we could be fully here today. And I'm here to tell you that is good news. That is the best news. And listen, good news is not the same as as a, you know, good advice. The good news is, is not something that's just happening everywhere. Like you're not going to find very much good news on Fox or CNN or NBC or Facebook. Come on. No, what we find there is we find a lot of opinions. We find a lot of, of, of people's ideas But there's only one place that you find good news and that's at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's at the resurrection of the grave. And our faith is in Christ. And when you place your faith in Christ, all of a sudden you discover that there is a life that is beyond any life that you've ever lived. That there is a life that will change you and transform you from the inside out. And the the life that we get to experience is because God wanted us not to be separated from him, but to be in relationship with him. So he could change us from who we were to who he's always wanted us to be. So we wouldn't have to live a life where we're trying to discover who we are which so many of us are trying to do right now. We're trying to find ourselves in these moments. Well, do you know that God has already found you and created you and knows exactly who you are? And he's got a name for you. And it's not the name that everybody else puts on you. It's a name that's so much different than the labels that have been thrown on your life that are causing you to live this way right now. In fact, God's labels are way different. In fact, I found this uh, from a young lady named Hosanna Wong, and she wrote this, and it's called uh, I Have a New Name. And she says, my name is not the name the world calls me. My name is not the name my past calls me. My name is not even the name my own mirror calls me. My name is the name that I answer to, and I can choose today to answer to a new name. When I hear lonely, that's not me. When I hear disgusting, that's not me. When I hear unworthy, I don't even look over my shoulder. When I hear broken, you must have me confused. Listen, when you stop answering to your old name, they stop having power over your new name. So the names my father of eternity, the author of the world's creator has called me are the only names that I will answer to. When I hear friend of God, that is my name. When I hear God, I'm God's workmanship, that's my name. When I hear that I'm a friend of God, that's my name. Chosen, that's my name. Loved, wanted, created with a purpose, that's my name. God's temple, that's my name. God's messenger, that's my name. Free, that's my name. Child of God, you must be looking for me. Greatly loved, you must be calling for me. Brand new, that's my name. That's the name I respond to. The enemy has no power here. Perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love has named you and he has named me. As for me, my name is forgiven. My name is free. My name is new. My name is loved. My name is wanted. My name is child of God created with a purpose. And it has been a pleasure to meet you here today. And I'm just here to tell you, God's got a totally new life for your present. And that is the good news. So the question is, is are you aware of it? Do you know that news? And are you experiencing the freedom and identity that comes from knowing the creator of creation? The creator of love. The lover of your life. See, your past failures are erased. And God's grace, and that word grace is this word unmerited favor. Gives you a life in this present. And some of you need to experience that unmerited favor in your life today. In fact, that merited favor in Psalms 103 verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. See, his favor moves things, changes things right where you are here today. Then Paul continues on in verse 8 and says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. He's saying, listen, listen, you can't be good enough to earn this gift. It is not something that you can go out and achieve and accomplish and do on your own. It can be only accomplished by one. So none of us can boast. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. See, when we discover the forgiveness that comes from the cross of Christ and we start to recognize and realize it, we can walk in the present of this life, then three, know what happens is we begin to plan for our future. And ultimately, God has got the most incredible plan for our future. And you know what the problem is for a lot of us? Is, the problem is for a lot of us is, is that we have so much hurt from our past. We have so much pain from our past. And because we've never dealt with it and, and, and gotten rid of it in our life, what happens is is when we try to look into the future, we're looking through the lens. We're looking through a filter We're looking through some shades of all of those things. And anytime you have something filtering your view, you never have clarity of your future. And for so many of us, we have so many things filtering our view because of the debt of our past that is keeping us from our present and experiencing Our future, But God says, you know what? You're my masterpiece. And I think about this. If God says that we're a masterpiece, that must mean that he has a master plan for us. That he's got something for us, not just for today, but for long ahead. Like he's already painted the picture of our future and we can begin to walk into that future when we eradicate those things from our lives and we get to begin to experience it within us. And and all we have to do is begin to search that out in our lives, and so many of us, instead of, instead of running to God in these moments, we run away from him. And I think it's because we, of those distorted views we think that, man, if I ran to God, God is gonna scold me, God is gonna beat me. Like, we've got this perverted view of God, and it's not a view of God, it's a view from our hearts. It's a view from our pain. It's a view from our shame. And here's what I know is when you're blinded to the possibilities of your future, you will always settle for the familiarities of your past. You always go back to those things. And what God has done is he has paid the price so we don't ever have to run back. I recently just had a major tragedy in our household and I say tragedy because it's tragic to me. Um, I I had recently got a a pair of jeans that I absolutely loved. and uh, we, I was actually speaking on a Sunday up here. And as I was speaking at the end of our sixth service, when we normally have services over the weekend, as I was walking down, my wife said, do you realize you have a hole in your crotch? Like I had ripped the, the whole crotch area of my jeans. It's not it's not something I'm proud of to do on a Sunday morning to show, show that off for, for everybody that's out there or whatever. And I was like, no, I didn't. And I looked down and I saw these big holes in that area, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? These are my favorite jeans. You know when you get your favorite jeans, and they're just like comfortable, they're broken, they just kind of, they slide on, and it's just like, it's, it's this perfect relationship when you have that with your jeans. And Shayla's like, man, you're going to have to get rid of those, but I'd be wearing them. She saw me wearing them a couple days later, and she's like, are, you, are those your holy jeans? I was like, yes, they are. She's like you better you better put some other jeans on. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how many times in life are we sitting in old mentalities when God has called us to something new? How many times are we sitting in an old way of thinking, living, acting when God has said, "Man, I'll take care of all of that so you can not only walk into the present" But you can walk into this incredible future that I have for you. And some of you today, what Easter is all about is, is, is about you letting go of the old. So you can walk into the new. You can walk into a new life. You can walk into a new future. You can walk into a new relationship with a God that is madly in love with you. In fact, he cares so much about you that when he sent his son Jesus to the cross, he was thinking about you. Because here's what I know about a loving father. A loving father will search to the ends of the earth for the lost. If His kids are lost, man, he's going to look everywhere because he loves his kids. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories, it's a, about a father and son that were living in Spain, and, and there was some tension in the relationship, and his son, his son's name was Paco, got frustrated at his dad one day and said, Dad, I'm leaving, I'm never coming back, packed up his stuff and left. And the dad was so distraught because his son had left that he started searching the streets of Madrid, looking for his son day after day, week after week, month after month, and after six months of searching, looking for his son, Paco. He was so frustrated. He thought, "What, what else could I do? to find my son? What else could I do to reach my son? And he went to his local newspaper and he took out an ad on the back page of the Sunday newspaper. And this is what it said. said, Dear Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana noon Tuesday. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. And the paper went out that weekend. Tuesday came around. The the father was so hopeful. So full of anticipation that, that maybe, just maybe, his son would show up. And as he arrived at the Hotel Montana, at 1155, he walked to the reception area and he said, I'm, I'm here to meet my son Paco at noon in your courtyard. Is it okay if I go through? And they said, sir, you must go through. And as he walked into the courtyard, 800 Pacos had showed up, waiting to be reunited with their father who had forgiven them and said, all this forgiven, love, Papa. And I'm here to tell you, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, there's a God that has put out an ad. It's called his son, Jesus, on the cross. And he said, listen, I don't know where you are or what you've done, but I want you to know all this forgiven. Just meet me. Meet me here at the cross. Love, Papa. Love, Papa. maybe you're out there today and you need to meet God at the cross. You need to experience that forgiveness from your past so you can be present in today and walk in God's incredible plan for your future. If that's you there today, I would love to pray a simple prayer with you. You can pray it in your heart. You can pray it out loud doesn't really matter because God knows your heart and he goes like this God thank you thank you for sending your son Jesus as the ultimate proclamation of your love for me he was the perfect sacrifice to pay a debt that I myself was unable to pay But not only did he pay the debt, but he teetelestied it. He paid it not for just my past, he paid it for my present and everything in my future. And then he died and on Easter Sunday he rose from the grave so that I could experience life. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my past. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior here today. Take over my life. Fill me with your love. Help me to experience your grace. That unmerited favor that I don't deserve. And follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I just want to tell you, you just made the greatest decision you could ever make. In fact, if you're watching on Facebook or you're on the Coastal Community uh, Lives uh, platform from our website, there is, there is some links and some things that you could click through right now that we would love to know about that decision to give you some tools and some resources as you begin this journey of knowing God. Because what you did there was not join a church or become part of a religion. What you started there was a relationship. With a God who knows you by name. And he loves you. And he wants the best for you. And we want to be a resource. To help you in that. And I believe that God has incredible things. For our future. And so this resurrecting, Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate the fact. That, that Jesus paid it all. On the cross. For you and I. We love you, church. We can't wait to see you next week. Have a great Easter.